you're listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Elise Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real-life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Hey there, Rockstar SLPs. This is Felice Clark, the Dabbling Speechy, and we are going to be talking about three tips for increasing speech sound productions in your treatment sessions for students with speech sound disorders. I feel like that was a mouthful, (laughs) but let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a session with a student where whatever the activity you planned, they were so motivated by that they were rocking the repetitions, the entire session, and inside you're like, you know, jumping up and down because not only are they practicing their speech sounds, but they're getting tons of repetition and they're happy. They think it's a game. And you're like, buddy, if you only knew, this is what I was planning, was trying to get you to just get rolling and saying the same, you know, set of words over and over again. And, and in, you know, inside you're going, it's a beautiful day. You're singing a little YouTube going, yes, this is amazing. How can I recreate this? Because when we have productive sessions with our students where they are feeling motivated and, and probably confident to take risks in your speech room, it's a great day because we know that when we get high productions in our sessions, when we're using either a traditional approach or, you know, a phonology approach, and even when we're treating apraxia, you know, a lot of the research keeps coming back to getting high repetitions of practice. When we get those in our sessions, I mean, it just makes me feel really good as a clinician because I know my students are making progress. And and, and I, I'd be lying if I... <laughs> If I told you that I never had, you know, I've had flubby sessions where either the student was like, I ain't practicing because I'm feeling a little uncomfortable or not confident with working on this new skill in front of you. Or they were just like, are you kidding me? You want me to say these words over and over again? Yeah, right. You know, it makes me think of when I'm going to the gym and doing a coaching class. And I'm like, you want me to do what? You want me to do burpees? I don't think so. Um, And and that's how it sometimes feels. So I can relate to some of my students who are just like, what? You want me to do this? This is going to be boring, right? I mean, have you ever had those students who are just unmotivated or they've been in speech for such a long time that they're like, I am tired of doing this. And they they kind of think that it's not going to ever change for them. And so... I do love finding ways to get those increased speech sound productions and also, while I'm at it, increasing their motivation and almost, dare I say, make them think that speech therapy is fun. (laughs) I love when I can do all three of those things at one time. And so today I'm going to tell you three tips for increasing speech sound productions in your sessions. Now, these tips can work with your younger friends and your older friends. And what I have found to be successful for some of my students is really creating a structure to my sessions. So if I'm doing a quick or tick session, or I'm doing a speech session, this can work really well with some of your like, you know, 
first, second grade to sixth grade students where we create the system that every time they come to see you, they we, we do a quick check-in. Hey, how are you doing? We do a warm-up where they have to listen to some words and judge if their speech sounds in those words. We do some auditory bombardment or feedback. And then after that, we move into some drill practice. And you can even set the timer like five minutes of drill practice. I real, This is where we really need to focus in. And then we get to do a fun game where we get to play an activity or do some sort of, you know, sensory bin or some sort of play-based approach where we're still going to practice our speech sounds, but it's going to be a little less like in-your-face drill kind of thing. And I did find some success with that, especially with students who, if I could find that one game or activity that was really motivating for them, I could say, hey, we're going to do these three things. These were my business things. I got to get that drill in. And then we were going to be able to play tic-tac-toe. I had a student last year who once I found out that he liked tic-tac-toe, but what, what he really liked was beating me. And I'm a very competitive person. I think deep down, I, I have a good balance, but I like to win. I mean, I don't necessarily let my kids win games. At least I try, you know, to beat them at least once or twice. But so he loved playing tic-tac-toe with me and beating me and, and then letting me grovel while he beat me. So we built, I found out what he liked and I built that into my structure so that he stayed motivated for those drill portions when I was really trying to get some, you know, auditory awareness where we had to listen to some words and then that drill practice. So then when we got to the game, he still had to practice his speech sounds, but there wasn't as much pressure on myself either to, make him practice more because we already got a lot of the drill done and we could still practice it, but in a naturalistic game. And so it was a really fun time. So, you know, tip number one, create a structure to your session. So your students are going to know what is going to happen throughout. So they know when that drill session is going to end. They know you're only going to make them set the timer three times and they're really going to have to drill for three minutes. And this helps me when I'm working out, when I know what is expected of me, when I have to do a hard workout, I definitely can be like, okay, I can do this. I can do this, boys. It's going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, when the end is in sight, right? And you know what's expected. So you're going to keep that motivation high to keep those, you know, to get them to do those high increased speech sound productions. All right. Tip number two. Turn the activity into a challenge. Find a way to turn your activity into some sort of challenge or something to accomplish. And I'll give you a couple of examples because when we turn it into a challenge, it's not about you telling them what to do anymore. It's them trying to beat or accomplish something that is outside of, you know, you telling them, okay, say it again, say it 10 more times. Great. Great job. Pull that time back. Awesome. Mm -hmm. You did it again. I heard that L sound. Yes, that was great. Just, oh, oh, that, oh, oh, we're so close. Get that tongue up behind your teeth. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't sound familiar at all. Anyways, tip number two, turn the activity into a challenge. And so for example, you could pull out your timer. I have these articulation challenge sheets specifically for this type of activity where you have a challenge sheet and you have um, like a space for three different trials 
where you set the timer for one minute and you see how many productions can you get in one minute. And so let's say they get 25. Okay, great job. You did 25. I heard, you know, this word and this word, you did really well with your speech now, blah, 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 blah. Let's see if we can beat for your productions. And so then you set the timer the second time. And of course you want to tell them like they can't speed through. They have to really pronounce the sounds and the, in the words and, and really, you know, not try to race that this is going to be like, you know, you want to take your time and do it right. And so then you can have a challenge to see if they can beat their previous time. And so usually if I do that for three minutes, I can get at least, at least 50 productions or more, depending on the student. And another example of turning an activity into a challenge would be, you know, stacking mini cups into towers and seeing how high you can stack it. Or I have done it where the student will, you know, they have to say their speech sound so many times with their with their good, you know, sound. And then they get a certain amount of blocks to stack up. And then we, we see how high we can get before they knock over or, you know, that something with a challenge. I like a good challenge. I don't know about you, but when we make it into a challenge, it becomes something that they get to achieve and look forward to. And it usually they feel like it's, it's a game. It's fun. So tip number two is turn the activity into a challenge. Turn the activity into a challenge and you will start seeing some increased speech sound productions. All right. So the third and final tip for increasing your speech sound productions in your sessions is to find games and activities that can be adapted to create more opportunities to practice. And this kind of goes back to turning it into a challenge. You're finding a new way that you can present a game or an activity in a way that will be motivating and fun for the student, but also get some really good, meaningful practice in the session. So again, you know, when I think about therapy, and I remember hearing Pam Marshall speak when I took an articulation carryover uh, professional development from her, you know, she mentioned this, and I totally agree with it, that therapy should be meaningful and and enjoyable for our clients, for our students. And so when we aren't making it feel like an enjoyable process, it is going to disrupt therapy, right? So, you know, of course we need to get down to business. We need to get focused. We need to get those drills in, but we also want to meet them where they're at. And remember that, you know what, saying your words on a word list could get a little boring. All right. At least it would for me as the clinician sitting there saying, sit again, very nice job. That that can get a little boring sometimes. So in some ways, I think spicing up the sessions is for my benefit as well. Anyway, so the final tip is to find games and activities that can be adapted to create more opportunities to practice. And I will give you a couple of examples of this. So with the game UNO, You can play this game in every time they set the card down. If they have a nine, well, they have to practice nine speech words. If they put down a five, you know, they have to practice five. If they put down, you know, a draw four, you can make some positive, you know, some fun rules where it's like, okay, 
they have to tell somebody else to practice their speech sound 10 times, or they get, they don't have to practice their speech sound with certain bonus cards. And so while you're playing Uno, you're going to get those high trials. Another example of finding games and activities is using the game Apples to Apples Jr. So I have pulled the game out and on a piece of paper, I will write some words from the adjective, you know, the green cards where it's like messy. I can't think of some other words off the top of my head, but I will pick words specifically that have their speech sounds that maybe for S or for R. And then I will give them the red cards and they have to sort those cards into the correct sound piles, like for things that would be messy And then we talk about, well, do you hear your uh, sound in any of those words? But then they can also practice a messy shoe, a messy room. And they're still practicing their S word in phrases while they're doing this activity. So you're adapting that game to work on their speech sounds. And it just doesn't feel so drilly. And, you know, when you pull out an activity or a game like that. And another quick example is just, you know, for our younger friends, sometimes like feeding those, you know, you have a monster with a trash bin, feed the monster games, or you, you know, you put a feed mouth on a cereal box and you have your task cards, you have your stimulus items, but they just love feeding those monsters into the trash can and you can get so many opportunities in a way that feels inviting and engaging. So that's what I tend to do when I'm trying to increase speech sound productions is how can I, one, create structure in my sessions so that my students know what to expect throughout. So they know when the drill is coming, they know what they have to do, the hard part of the session, and then they know what's going to come. I always try to think, you know, do something fun that's related to their speech sounds, but a little less structure at the end. Number two, turn the activity into a challenge or into something that you guys can cooperatively achieve so that they are more motivated to keep practicing, to earn those Legos, to get those blocks to beat their productions in the one minute challenge or, you know, to get more stacking cups to make their tower. And tip number three for increasing speech sound productions is to find games and activities that you can adapt to create more opportunities to practice. So those are my three tips for increasing speech sound productions. Before I go, I wanted to let you know that I have a couple of blog posts on my website, thedabblingspeechy.com, that specifically share some tips and ideas for how to get high trials in your sessions. So I will link those in the show notes. And then if you have not ever heard of my articulation flipbooks, Those have been really awesome for increasing speech sound productions. Back in the day when I made these in 2015, I laminated them and used them for quick artic sessions and just ways to get that drill in. And you you would not believe the kids love them because they get to use the dry erase marker. And so recently, within the last year, I have created another set of articulation flip books that are no print. So you can still do the same activities on your iPad or on a laptop that will help you with getting increased trials. So if you're interested in those, I'm going to link 
the free articulation flipbook for L so that you can try that one out. That one is the printable version, but if you're interested in the no print articulation flipbooks, those I will link in the show notes as well so that you can um, check those out if you want to also. And lastly, I have created digital speech folders for single sounds and for phonology with a a minimal pairs approach. And they're basically digital speech folders with using Google Slides. And so you can create individual programs, group treatment programs for your students that are working on certain sounds so that you have digital materials that you can use in the session. Then you can send them home for practice at home. You can use them in teletherapy. They also have progress monitoring tools with Google Forms so that you can take data digitally. So if you're looking for something that can digitally set up a program that can create that structure for your sessions, those might be a good solution for you. I do have some YouTube videos with tutorials for you. You could check them out to see if it's a good fit because there is a tech component to it. If you're not really familiar with Google Slides, you can definitely watch my tutorials and get better at it. But if, it, if that's overwhelming to you, then they may not be the best fit. So I wanted to let you know about some of those resources in case you were looking for materials that you could use with your students. So as always, SLPs, be the SLP that every kid wants to see. Stay inspired, and I will see you next week. Uh